Margaret. It's a good reminder for all of us to share. <clears throat> happy New Year to you all and happy Sabbath. It's good to see you. I was not here last uh, last weekend because I was sick and I'm still recovering so I won't give anyone hugs today. I'm a lot better than I was a week ago but um, we were able to spend a little bit of time on Phillip Island so we watched the New Year's Eve um, family-friendly 9.30 p.m. fireworks, <laughs> which was fantastic. It was a, it was a great uh, short little but beautiful fireworks. And um, we came back on Thursday, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to the new year. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, a couple of you. Um, every year I make the same New Year's resolutions and try to try to keep them. One of which is I'm trying to go to bed earlier because I, I think most of you know I'm a night owl and so um, I, I stay up very very late um, and don't get very much sleep. But my one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to actually sleep more than seven hours um, a night, which would be a huge goal for me. I can't believe it's 2020. I remember when 2000 was like a big deal. Um, you know, the millennium and all that. And here we are at 2020. I hope that one of your goals this year, even if you didn't make any resolutions per se, I hope one of your goals this year is to draw closer to God. And my, my sermon today is going to talk about, well, how can we draw closer to God in 2020? Because if we fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? And so having some practical uh, plans in place on how you're going to grow is going to enable you um, to experience that in an intentional way. I'm going to share four tips on how to grow, but um, I want to, I would, if you have your white Bibles in front of you, if you could turn to page 100, 199, we're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Joshua chapter 24. Now, to give you a little bit of background, Joshua was one of the leaders of Israel who, uh, Moses was the first leader who brought the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt through the desert into up, up right up to the promised land. But it was Joshua, his uh, kind of right-hand captain, who then took over the leadership of uh, this nation and took them into Canaan, into the promised land, and helped fight uh, the battles like Jericho and, and other um big battles to help the Israelite nation conquer and, and claim this land for themselves. Now, Joshua himself has grown old, and this is his last address to the people of Israel um, at his pretty much you know in his old age right before he dies. So this is what it says in Joshua chapter 24, verse 1 to 3. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and so they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son. Isaac. And then Joshua goes on to summarize the history of God's faithfulness to his people. The wonders of how God led them out of Egypt with all the uh, plagues and all the miracles, how he divided the Red Sea, how they walked through, how they conquered um, 
their enemies and how they uh, were safe despite all the perils of the desert and the wilderness. So after he reviews the history, he's hoping to now be able to encourage them to be faithful in the present. So the first tip of getting closer to God in 2020 is to regularly review God's faithfulness. Whether that's regularly reviewing your own life or the stories of others in the Bible or the stories of others around us. Our family, um, we keep a, a prayer journal. So every night when we have worship with the children, we bring out the prayer journal and we write down things that we're thankful for as well as things that we would like to pray for. And then we regularly, once a week, go back and see, hey, how many of these prayers have been answered so that we can check them off? And the, and the children get to see, wow, God answered these prayers. And it's amazing when you go back and, and how many checks you see. Um, and you can be reminded of God's faithfulness. We pray for all of you by name. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of you, so we, we don't do all of you every night, but we go through the list and, and we, we pray for you. So if you have a specific prayer requests that you would like us to pray for, please let us know. I don't know if you've ever tried to kind of storybook your life. Um, you know, imagine if your life was going to be put into a movie. Think about the screenplay. Think about the storybook of your life. What major scenes and events would you choose? And as you do that, do you see God's hand guiding you in your life? And think about how God has worked in those around you. One of my favorite things to do that allows me to be reminded of God's faithfulness is to listen to your story hour. Now, it's designed for children, but it's for children of all ages. And so I still listen to it. Um, and it's, it's what I grew up on. It's actually one of my favorite things to listen to even now because um, the stories that are presented um, through this uh, company um, are really, really God-centered. And so they're, not, they're stories from the Bible that are, anim- you know, they act them out and, and you hear the voices. Um, they also do stories of kind of just amazing people. Um, in history, and they also have stories from modern day. And these stories are all true stories. And just the other day, I was listening to, um, if you go to their website, yourstoryhour.org, every week they upload a free episode. So you can listen to a free episode. You can also purchase them, but um, they have free ones, and they also have on their website um, a a link called Where to Listen, where um, if you click on that, it has website links to radio stations that also have free episodes on there. And they have a uh, YouTube uh, channel where they have free episodes. And so they're really trying to get, get it out there for the, for the public to listen to. And just uh, on, on our way to Phillip Island, we listen to them. And the children love it now. Um, and I, we all love it, listening to these stories. And um, this story, The Milkmaid's Grandson, is about uh, a woman who was a milkmaid, accidentally spilled the milk when the cow kicked it. But back in those days, that was considered considered theft and you were punished by hanging, which is horrible. But they had this weird law that if you could read, um, which most people weren't educated to read, but if you could read, then you would, instead of being hanged, you would be sent as an indentured servant to America. Um, and so... They didn't expect her to be able to read, but she actually had been taught how to read her Bible. So she opened her Bible and was able to read. And so then instead of being killed, she was sent to America. And then there's a whole story from from there. So fascinating, true stories of individuals. And so um, this is a great way that I find encouragement um, and, and find reminders of God's faithfulness.
Another way that um, I am encouraged by looking at the stories in the Bible is the Read Scripture app. And I've shared this one before. Um, <clears throat> it's an app that you can download on your phone, but it's also a website, I believe. And through it, what I love about it is that, <coughs> excuse me, what I love about it is that it has the Bible, the whole Bible on there, but it's presented as stories. So instead of it being, you know, judges, Exodus, you know, the separate books of the Bible, it'll have, you know, the story of creation or the story of um, the Israelites, you know, and then in each category, you've got the whole Bible listed in there. Um, And within it is embedded the Bible project videos that we love so much, which give you introductions to each Bible book and have um, introductions to Bible characters. And it's really, really well done. You can also set it up so that every day there's a certain um, section that you read. And so you can go at your own pace or you can say, you know, I want to read three chapters a day or whatever. You can set your pace and then every day you can read it. And one of my favorite features is that in the beginning when you open up the app and you start reading, the first thing it makes you do is to take a deep breath and just, you know, prepare to, to, to read. And there's a little you know, that little dot that like expands and, and, and shrinks, helping you breathe. Like for some reason, it really helps you just relax and, and prepare to read. So it's a great free app um, and I highly recommend it. Another thing I've discovered while I was preparing this sermon is that if you go to that website, they actually have a new beta experimental uh, project that they're working on called Scripture uh, Lab. So the read scripture is simply just reading, but if you want to actually dig a little bit deeper and study, they've got this new beta version on their website called Scripture Lab where you can, like, they have a Bible study with questions and context and history, and it's interactive, so you click on the words, and they actually have, um, you know, main ideas that they're trying to teach you. It's really well done. So far, they've only done Genesis 1. (coughs) Excuse me. But I did it last night, and... It was pretty good. And it goes actually pretty deep. It asks you, you know, what your level of Bible understanding is and then caters it to that. So it's it's really, really, um, yeah, I, I found it quite good. So I, I highly recommend that you, you check it out. But whatever um, method you choose, whether you do Bible journaling, which is something um, some of us learned in November, uh, I'm, I'm back into it now, do my Bible journaling, um, whether it's Bible journaling or, or, or an app or just, you know, or you can also listen to the Bible. Um, a lot of times in the car, as I'm driving, I'll listen to the Bible, the U, um version Bible app, which is free. Um, for every chapter of the Bible, there's a little, on the right-hand corner, there's a little audio button icon and if you click on that it reads the bible out loud to you and so i find that's a really good way to um to listen to the bible as i'm driving because when the bible was first written it was actually meant to be read out loud that's how it was meant to be you know transmitted it was you know orally and so i find that listening is quite different from just reading it's a different uh, way of, of of listening to the word of god So many, many different ways that you can be reminded of God's faithfulness in your own life, um, in the lives of others, in the lives of those in Bible history. But that's the first way that we can grow closer to God in 2020. Here's another way. After Joshua reviews the Israelites' history, right, after he talks about how God has been faithful to them, he concludes by saying this, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. 
But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You know, an idol is not just something we worship. You know, we, most of us don't have like a carved image that we're worshiping. But modern day idolatry is really anything that dulls our spiritual hearing and hardens our hearts to God's voice. It can be good things that when they take priority over um, God in our lives, become our idols. And so these are, you know, in, in and of themselves, really good things. But if we devote more of our time and heart and energy and effort into that than about our relationship with God, it can become an idol. So how do we put away these idols? How do we allow God to fill up that space? Well, if you read the Bible, there's so many antidotes to our, to our uh, modern-day idolatry. So, for example, if your pursuit, if your idolatry, if your idol, if your main you know, thing that <clears throat> takes you away from God is your pursuit of financial security, then the Bible suggests that you practice giving. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to the crowds, and he says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And he goes on to say, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father <coughs> excuse me, already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And so Jesus is saying, look, I know you need financial security. I know you need shelter and, and food and clothing and all that. He says, those are good things. He says, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you all those things. He will give you all those things. And so when you practice giving, right, treasuring, your, uh, storing your treasures in heaven, right, giving for the sake of God's kingdom, helping others, in that process, you learn to prioritize God and the financial stuff becomes second, right, which is, uh, which is a, a far more peaceful way to live there's a quote that says, no one has ever become poor by giving. And, you know, I had seen this quote in a few places, um, and I wanted to check down the source. So I did a bit of research, and I found out that it was uh, it's a quote from Anne Frank. For those of you who had to read her diary in school um, or has read, or you've, you've read it in some other capacity, Anne Frank was a Jewish teenager who lived uh, during the Holocaust, and her and her family were hidden in a secret annex for two years in Amsterdam during the Nazi occupation. <clears throat> and the family who hid her and her family and, and a few others, eight of them squashed in a tiny little closet space, basically, um, had to shelter them and risk their lives every day to bring them food and to, and to hide them from the soldiers who regularly came by. Anne was only 13 at the time. She kept a diary, and she also wrote stories and essays. And one of the essays she wrote 
called give expounds on the Baba verse in Proverbs 28:27 that says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. And she writes about this and she basically summarizes it as no one ever became poor by giving. And it's amazing um, when you think about that. We Sometimes we, we don't give because, because we think, well, if we give to them, then I won't have enough for myself. But the promise of God is that as you give and as you serve and as you lay up treasures in heaven, God will provide for your needs. <coughs> God has an antidote for um, almost all our forms of idolatry. For example, if, if, you're, if you're, you know, for me, a lot of times like food, you know, and gluttony can become something that really um, gets in the way, not necessarily of my worship with God, but of my health, you know, and ultimately um, my health affects then um, how, how clear-minded I can be in the morning to, to read his word. And, um, you know, the Bible actually talks about the discipline of fasting and prayer. And it's something that I really struggle with because I, I get really hangry, right? And so the, the, the spiritual discipline of fasting and prayer is something that God instituted to, to teach us self-control and to teach us that dependence upon God. Whether it's fasting from food or fasting from social media or fasting from, you know, whatever it is that we find ourselves spending too much time or, or just that we find that lack of control in, God says practice the discipline of fasting and prayer depending on God um, to teach us that he is the provider of all things, including character traits. If work is your idol, then we have the Sabbath commandment there to help us to offset that uh, tendency towards idolatry. He says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. And that is why the Lord blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. The Sabbath is, is a day that is supposed to help us to stop from the six days of, of, of everything that we do all the time and to take a break, right? And to do this regularly, you know, it's nice to have an annual holiday, but if you think about it, it's, it's almost of a tease because you kind of rest and you have to come back and you got to get back on the wheel and just keep going and nonstop. Imagine if you took that one day a week to actually stop and rest and recover and maybe even spend some time in nature. Um, and to quote Anne Frank again, you know, she was cooped up inside for two years. And one of the things that she says, which I find quite remarkable for a 13-year-old, she says, the best remedy for those who are afraid, lonely, or unhappy is to go outside, somewhere where they can be quite alone with the heavens, nature, and God. Because only then does one feel that all is as it should be, and that God wishes to see people happy amidst the simple beauty of nature. As long as this exists, and it certainly always will, I know then that there will always be comfort for every sorrow, whatever circumstances may be. And I firmly believe that nature brings solace in all troubles. And she goes on to talk about how, you know, once in a while she would see the, the night sky and the stars. And she says, you know what? 
despite the horrible things that are happening and she says despite the thunder that is coming and the millions of suffer you know the, the horrible atrocity of the holocaust she says when i look up at the stars she says i know that peace and tranquility will come back to this earth <coughs> if you have an opportunity um once a week you know to to look up at the sky to find some green patch to to escape to a place that reminds you that creation and nature knows that there is coming a day when there will be justice when there will be healing and restoration i highly recommend that you you take that opportunity to do that depending on how the smoke and everything is going today we're going to try to do a picnic this afternoon at abbotsford convent our family um and you're all welcome to join us um it's a beautiful place if you've never been and it's just kind of open to the public for you to kind of you know have a picnic and walk around we had a church scavenger hunt there several years ago um that that you might remember <laughs> excuse me <coughs> can someone bring me a cup of water thanks ketson <coughs> and so um it's a really a great uh way of of connecting with god in nature connecting with others and and if you kind of think back to last time you were in nature right there's something about being in nature that just ah, just helps you relax physically mentally emotionally spiritually that helps you um slow down and unplug from the craziness that is sometimes our our lives another way that we can connect um to god closer um to grow closer to god in 2020 is to grow closer as a church community and last year i did a whole series on this i won't dwell on it too much but just as a reminder that god designed the christian life to work within a community and so whether it was in the old testament or in the new testament he called people groups and he gave each people group a mission and a vision and worked with them and 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 used prophets and and um his messengers to speak to them as a group as a collective group and it's when we regularly commit to each other in worship and fellowship service and prayer that we learn that what it means to be a disciple of god that is not just about following god but it's about loving our neighbors ourselves right that it's it's in that community of being a body of christ right where every member has a role to play that we realize that this is how we represent jesus to the world thanks shane and so I really want to encourage you in 2020 to make church community a priority. And that, that's not just about coming to church, it's about getting to know each other. It's about getting to um to be there for each other, asking, you know, what 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 can I do for you, right? Finding out each other's needs <coughs> and being able to fulfill them in a meaningful way and um helping each other leaning on each other for support, praying for each other, right? And then of expanding this community not just for those within these walls but to to all those around us as well. And finally, the fourth way that we can grow closer to God is um something that I discovered while I was while I was studying Joshua chapter 24. A very interesting verse caught my eye. It says at the end um It says at the end of Joshua that the people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel 
In other words, there's a direct correlation between when you personally experience God, then you are going to be faithful to Him because you've seen Him work in your life, right? And then those who didn't personally experience God, for them, God you know, didn't seem relevant or He didn't seem powerful. And so the generations that came after, they fell away from following God. And so I wondered to myself, well, why didn't they personally experience God? What was going on? And what I discovered is that there's actually something very interesting that happened here. You see, yes, it's true that the generation that came after Joshua, it's true they didn't get to see the Red Sea being parted. It's true that they didn't see you know, the walls of Jericho come down. But if they had actually done what God had asked them to do, they actually would have seen amazing miracles in their own lives. Here's what I mean. Joshua had actually subdivided the land. So even though they had conquered Jericho and some of the really big cities together, there were actually lots of land that were yet unconquered. And so Joshua had subdivided the land into the 12 tribes. And he had said, I have allotted to you um, all the lands that are yet unconquered, as well as the land of those who have already been conquered. And he says, the the land will be yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now, and you will take possessions of their land just as the Lord God, your God promised you. (coughs) Sorry. And when they acted in faith and and obeyed this mission, right, they did experience miracles. So for example, which is the Judges is the book that comes right after the book of Joshua. In Judges chapter 1, the men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah And when the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 enemies warriors on the town of Bezek. So when when these uh, men of Judah and the men of Simeon, when they did what God had called them to do for their generation, which was to conquer the land, I already got some things, which was to conquer the land and to um, claim it for themselves as they had been told, they experienced God's miracles. I mean, that doesn't go into detail. But they, there's no way that they conquered, you know, 10,000 people by themselves, right? There's a backstory here that we don't know about. But they got to personally experience God's miracles. But here's the thing. The other tribes, there's 12 of them, right? The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Beth Shein, Tanakh, Dor, Iblium, Megiddo, and all their surrounding settlements. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezar, so the Canaanites continued to live there amongst them. The tribe of Zebulon failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nehalai. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akko, Sidon, Ahlon, Akshib, Haiba, Afif, and Lerob. The tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh. The tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back. And and the list goes on and on. So the reason why they didn't experience personally the the works of God in their lives is because they failed to complete the mission that God had set out for them. Perhaps they were too comfortable living in their own homes and they didn't want to sacrifice that to go collectively fight these battles and risk their lives. Perhaps they were too afraid Perhaps they um, just were too comfortable and too focused on their own personal goals rather than 
this big vision that God had for them. Whatever the reason, because they didn't complete God's mission for them, they just mingled and settled and compromised with the Canaanites in that land and um, to their detriment. Because you see throughout the book of Judges, um, there's a sad refrain that comes over and over again as a theme of the book of Judges. And it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And the book of Judges is like the worst book in the whole Bible because in it you see the violence and the atrocities and just the injustice that happen when everyone does what they think is right in their own eyes. Because instead of serving God and instead of seeing uh, what is right and wrong from God's eyes, they all kind of compromised and mingled their values and beliefs and everyone kind of did what they thought best, which we know from history, some people have crazy ideas of what they think is best. And so if we want to grow closer to God um, in 2020, we have to be willing to take up our own mission. What is God's mission for us in 2020 for this generation? What is the fight that God wants us to fight to step out of our comfort zones and to answer the call to do what he has asked us to do. Because as we complete that mission, we will experience God personally for ourselves. If you're wondering, well, what is one of those missions? There's a mission that Jesus left with the disciples that has not yet been fulfilled. It's been partially completed, but not fully. Jesus said to the disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Every generation has a new people group that we are called to reach with the love of Jesus. There's a people that only we can reach, that no one else can reach because we live here and we're connected to the people that we are connected to for a reason. And so God is calling us to reach those individuals, those those people groups, the city of Melbourne and, and, and the circles that we are, we're influencing to share the love of God with them. And this is not an easy thing to do. I, I recognize that, right? Because it's something that I do on a daily, I try to do on a daily basis and it's hard. It's a daily battle of dying to self and living for Christ, of dying to self and prioritizing someone else of dying to self and listening to God's voice, listening to see, God, who do you want me to reach out to today? Right? Who do you want me to love today? But if we take up this good fight, we get to experience God in a personal way. So that's not, you know, just this, the God that our fathers and mothers worshipped. It's not just the God that others follow. Right? It's not just the God of the Bible stories. But it's my God. It's my Lord who gave me victory, right? It's my God who answered my prayers. If we lose that mission and we focus on just, you know, doing what everyone else does, which again is not a bad thing, but then we don't get to experience God and we, 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 we start following modern day idols instead of following God and seeing what he has for us. After Joshua, uh, Joshua spoke to the people <coughs> in Joshua chapter 24, he does something. He made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions. 
As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree besides the tabernacle of the Lord. Dasa said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord has said to us. He will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent all the people away to their own homelands. You see, mementos help us remember the promises that we make. You know, the wedding ring reminds us of our wedding vows. Uh, pictures remind us of the memories. And Joshua, you know, he takes this huge stone and he and he rolls it in under this, you know, this big tree so that everyone who passes by that rock, basically, were reminded, I made that commitment to God. Because Joshua earlier, when he said, hey, you choose today who you're going to serve. But as for me and my household, I'm going to serve, we're going to serve the Lord. And I skipped that part, but um, the people said, we also are going to serve the Lord. We commit. And actually, you know what? That generation that made that promise that day, they kept it. That generation was faithful to God all the rest of their lives. And I think that rock was there as a reminder for them. You know, stones have a special meaning in the Bible. Many Bible characters use stones to erect memorials and altars and temples. And in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it says that God himself will give us a stone. He says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. And I will give each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name, that no one will understand except the one who receives it. So I brought you stones today, little white stones. Um, there are some at the discussion tables, and but if you're not staying, I've got some in the front desk at the welcome table on your way out. And there are some markers there at the tables. And I want you to, um, I want you to think about what 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 kind of relationship you want with God by the end of 2020. And what kind of person do you want to become by the end of this year? And I want you to, um, on your stones, you can write today's date if you want. And maybe a word or, or a Bible reference or, or a picture, something that means something to you about your resolution to walk closer with God in 2020. And I want to encourage you that um, you take that stone home and you put it somewhere where it will remind you of your decision today to walk closer with God. You know, keep it you know, next to your computer, next to your bedside table, in your car, wherever it is, where you can see it every day and remind yourself to take a moment and reconnect with God and, and reach out to Him and, and, and make effort to, to invest in that relationship. Roy's going to come up and do a special item. And, and as the song is being sung, the words are on the screen for you to reflect on and afterwards um, we'll, we'll have an opportunity um, during discussion time to make that decision to commit to God in 2020 and it is my prayer that by the end of this year we will all have come to experience the depth the height, height and the length of God's great love for us that we'll be able to say at the end of 2020 that we have personally experienced God's goodness in our lives and that we are more committed to serving him and others uh, than we have ever been before. Please join me in closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to put down the idols that so often get in the way 
um, from us being able to hear you clearly to being able to see you clearly. And we pray, Father, that you would help us then to serve you wholeheartedly, to seek you first, and to experience your power in our lives as we obey you. That, Father, as we follow you, we'll be able to, to taste and see your goodness, to experience your love, and to be able to share it with others around us. Father, help us to fulfill your mission for us here in 2020, here in Melbourne. Help us to be faithful to your cause. And that, Father, as we do what you have called us to do, Father, may we be a blessing for those around us. And I pray that those who might be wondering um, how to draw closer to you, Father, give them wisdom as they as they seek out help and as they make um, decisions. Father, help us all in 2020 to draw closer to you um, and to recommit ourselves to you today, to make that decision to put you first in our lives. I pray for those who are traveling, um, who are on holidays, um, to, to keep them safe. And I especially, Father, pray for all those affected by the fires, Lord. And we plead and we beg for your reign to come and quench the fires and to help this land be healed. We pray in your son's name. Amen. <laughs>